Well, we're, uh, we're continuing um, in our series on a letter to the Philippians. If you have a Bible, love to have you turn there and uh, come to an interesting passage of Scripture this week that really is a celebration of friendship in Jesus. It's a celebration of, of people coming together around a cause that is much more than a cause. Coming around the very mission of the church, the very gospel of Jesus Christ. And in all of chapter 2, actually since about verse 27 or so of chapter 1, as you recall, as we've been studying this portion of Scripture, Paul has been talking to the Philippian church about how they're essentially to get along together. And how they're to live together and how they're to together help carry out the work that God has called them to do. And he's talked to them about such things. You remember, maybe you can remember this as selflessness, right? And humility. And putting the needs of others ahead of your own. And thinking not only of yourself, but thinking also of the needs of others. And then he gave this, remember, this incredible example in the life of Jesus Christ and his downward descent, even to death on the cross, and then how God exalted him. And then last week, as we looked, he talked about how now, recognizing this as a community of faith, work out your salvation, work it out practically in beautiful ways, what God is working into you. And then it's in this passage of Scripture where, on a very, very practical level, as we'll read, Paul kind of says, and it just is kind of coming to my mind. There's a couple of guys that are just this for me. Everything I've been talking about over these last few verses, like, well, Timothy and Epaphroditus, and the way that we're able to work together is, an, again, a beautiful example of this call to unity and this call to mission that he's putting before them. So let's read it together. Would you stand? I'll read it for you. You can follow along either on the screen or in your Bible. But it's Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 to 30. And uh, just listen as I read. And at the end, I'll say the word of the Lord. And you can respond by saying, thanks be to God. Well, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Is that language kind of familiar? But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that 
when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. Which seems to indicate that Paul had a little bit of anxiety. Welcome him, verse 29, in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can be seated. There's nothing like good friends. Nothing like partnering together with good friends in ministry. This, is a, this little portion of the letter really comes to us on two levels. And I just want to talk briefly about this. Two levels, really, in this, in this little portion of Scripture. One is this is a section of the letter where it's a, a letter of information. Paul is, is catching the Philippians up on the goings-on. What's happening next, in a sense, Paul is telling them. And he's got a couple of things to say to them. My good friend, my apprentice, in a sense, Timothy will be coming to you soon. I'm going to say, he's here with me in Rome, and, and soon I'm going to send him to you because essentially I want him to come and see how you're doing. With these things that I'm telling you, you're going to get this letter, and I want to see, I'm going to send Timothy to come and see how things are going. And, and Timothy's a great guy, and so he talks about him a little bit, but he wants him to know that I will be sending Timothy to you in a little while. Then he goes on to talk about Epaphroditus and give a little bit of information about him. Epaphroditus was apparently from Philippi. He was a Philippian. And he had been sent by the Philippian church, as we'll learn a little bit later in the book, that he had been sent by the Philippian church to Rome, to Paul in prison, to bring a financial gift to support him while he was there in prison. So he had been sent by them as a messenger. And now Paul is wanting to say, maybe you heard a little bit about this, that he got sick on his way or once he got here. And we all know when we know a little bit of information about people when they're sick or when they're not doing well, a little bit of information is really bad, right? Because our minds can go all kinds of places with that. And so the Philippians had heard that he was sick and Paul's wanting to tell them he was ill, but he's doing better, but I know you're all worried about him. So I'm going to send him back actually right now. I'm going to send him back very soon so he can be back there with you and you can enjoy his company and he can enjoy your support as he gets better. So it's very much a letter of information, you know, kind of on this, this level. But interestingly, I hope as you heard the, the wording and the way Paul communicated this information, it is very much a letter of commendation as well. Did you notice that? All the things that he had to say about these two men in commending them to the Philippian church. Have you written a letter of commendation lately. I, I'm, a, I'm kind of like an official letter of commendation writer. Uh, you know, I, I just, it, it's not every week, but very often that uh, I get a request. I'm going to college. I'm going here. I'm doing this. I need, you know, I'm getting a job. I'm applying for this. I need someone to commend me. Can you do that? So I've got my commendation phrases, you know, right here. And, and I'd, I like to say that as I look at you this morning, I can commend you all in one way or another. I love to commend people. It's, it's fun. You get to flower it up, you know, and do all those. I mean, 
I just think, I, I get done reading some of my commendation letters, and I'm like, man, those people are good. I don't even think they know they're that good. They're good. Well, that's what Paul's doing here. He's writing not only a letter of information, but a letter of commendation. And he wants these Philippian people to know that Timothy and Epaphroditus are special people. They have, have carried out ministry and are carrying out ministry in such a way that these folks need to be aware of who they are and, and think deeply about the significance of that, not only so that they can admire them, but so that they can emulate them and follow them. So first of all, just a couple of points. He, he speaks of them as examples of faith. He speaks of them as just beautiful, powerful examples in faith. Look at these words about what he said, especially about um, Timothy there in verse 20, that I kind of highlighted these words. Read them with me, would you? I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Great examples in faith. And here he is really summarizing everything that he said already here in chapter 2 about how you're to live with selfless humility using some of that same language he's already used about looking to the interests. He kind of does it in the negative. He spins it a little bit. Everyone else doesn't look to the interests of others, but Timothy does. And he's become a tremendous example in faith for them uh, to follow. He goes on to talk about how he's proved himself in working in the gospel. They are to recognize that this Timothy guy is someone that they should pattern their lives after. If they, it's Jesus first, and then it's Paul perhaps, but here's another one. Here's another young man that you can, that you can look to and say, oh, that's right. That's how we're to do it. He's doing it. We're to look not only to our own interests, but we're to look to the interests of others. So as he commends them, he does so first of all as wonderful examples in faith. But then he goes on, and I'm really interested by this, and he goes on to commend them that they are not only great examples in faith, but they are worthy of honor. They're worthy of honor. And it's almost this sense, and especially towards the end of chapter 2, when he says these words, and I'll, don't put up the scripture quite yet, but he says, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. And, and some have read that and said, wow, Paul's hammering the Philippians right here. He's like, well, you didn't help me, but they did. You know, so let's honor them. It's not necessarily that he's saying that, but he's saying, you know, you all, you couldn't load up in Philippi and cross the, the ocean and come over to Rome. You couldn't all bring this, this uh, gift to me it wasn't possible, but you set apart Epaphroditus, blessings upon you, he's, as if he's saying, and you sent him, and he did the work that you couldn't do as a community, but he did it for you. He was set apart for them, and because of that, he's worthy of honor. Look at this passage now and how he says, let's read this together. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. Risking his life. Subjecting himself. So that 
the work of Christ in supporting Paul could go on. And so he tells them, these honor, I love how he says it, honor people like him. <laughs> when, you, when you have people among you that are doing this kind of a thing, recognize them, appreciate them. Don't necessarily say that they're super Christians or that they're better than us necessarily, but recognize that, that they've been set apart in a, in a beautiful sense and we can honor them. So, letter, a letter of commendation. Now, several weeks ago or a couple months ago as we were looking at this passage of Scripture and how we could teach it and preach it and really make it come to life and illustrate it. Um, and when we began to think about and, and notice what Paul was doing here with Timothy and Epaphroditus, the thing that came to my mind was simply, well, well who are the people among us, even in our community, who, who are worthy of some commendation? Who could we commend? And what ministries might we commend in following the example of what Paul has done here in, uh, in Philippians with Timothy and Epaphroditus. And so that's what, just what we're going to do this morning. And so I've invited three of my good friends. And uh, it's, this is what I talk, when I talk about friendship and partnership in the gospel, uh, these are three partners of mine and really of our churches uh, in terms of ministry. And so I've invited these guys to come and just to share a little bit about their ministry and about their life and about how we can support them as we, as we celebrate the kind of partnerships that Paul is talking about uh, here this, this morning. So Betsy Gray, come on up, and Krista Beard and Rob Crawford, come on up, you guys. I'll introduce you. But have a seat right here, and uh, I will grab this one, and you guys can just pick a chair. This is Rob Crawford right here next to me, and Rob is the area director for Young Life in, uh, in Santa Barbara and beyond, and does work with teenagers, obviously, um, and has been just a, a good friend. We play, have played a lot of basketball together uh, over the last several years, and uh, so it's a joy to know him at that level, but just to hear about and he and Jake have been doing a lot of good work together through Young Life and just ministry to teens. So it's a joy to have him with us. Krista Beard is next to him. Krista is an elementary school teacher. They might tell you a little bit about this. I hope they will. But she's a, a teacher at El Camino School. It's where my kids go. And we were privileged to have uh, my daughter with her for first and second grade. And then my son with her in first grade. So she got three years of the Kinslers. And uh, I don't know. I, I hope that was a good thing still. I'm not positive, but, um, but Krista, along with her elementary school teaching, has uh, the Goleta Homework Club, through which she's able to have several kids from the elementary school and now on into junior hires come and, and uh, tutor them and just share life with them. So we'll look forward to hearing about that. And then Betsy Gray at the, at the end here is the executive director at Network Medical, which was formerly Life Network and uh, is an amazing woman, incredible advocate for uh, mothers, for unborn children, and for life in general. And so it's a, it's a real privilege to have each of these folks with us this morning and uh, in a sense to commend their ministries and them to you and to our community. So I've just asked them uh, basically to be ready to respond to three simple questions. And I'll go ahead and repeat the questions 
each time we go through the loop. But these are the questions right up front. What do you do? You know, what, what does your organization do? What do you, what's your ministry personally? What, what, what is it that you do that, that we need to be aware of here this morning? The second question is, I think, maybe even a little more penetrating and, and insightful for us is, why do you do that? Why in the world would you do some of the things that, that God is calling you to do and that you're doing? And then thirdly, I just want them to share with us how we can be, as a community of faith, in support of them and the ministry that, that God has called them to do in our community and beyond. So, Rob, I'll just start with you, and then you can pass it on to Krista. What is it that you do? Well, first of all, I want, I want to um, just say that uh, I've played basketball with James for 10 years. Sorry. Sorry. That was me. Is that me? That's me. James for 10 years. Everybody wait. James for 10 years, and uh, Jake for five years. And I, I don't know if you're aware that sometimes when people are competitive, you, um, you could meet them on the street, and they could be this great, wonderful person, and you get them in a competition, and they're different. <laughs> and I want you to know that these, they don't change. They are the same great men that you see every day. And so I would commend them to you, um, that these are men of God, and you're blessed to have them. Um, I work for Young Life. Uh, what we do is uh, we believe that every kid deserves a chance to hear the truth about who Jesus is and in a way that um, they can understand because most of the kids in Santa Barbara and most of the kids across the country um, don't, would never darken the door of a church. Um, if you just look at, if we just added up all the kids that go to church on a Sunday, there's just a small proportion compared to all the kids here. And so that's who we uh, go after. Um, we get involved in things that uh, they're involved with. I help with the football team, like Jake does, um, tutor, uh, meet kids where they're at, and try to build authentic relationships with them and share the gospel um, mm. after we've earned the right to do so. Mm. Add to it just the email I got this week about just specifically your ministry around that whole uh, killing the gang-related stuff and some of the yeah. places you're getting into? We've, uh, we've gotten involved uh, heavily. Uh, we have a staff member, there's two of us, uh, named Felipe Contreras, who's worked on the east side. Um, and we've just gotten involved with a lot of kids' lives that are um, really broken. And the, the man that was killed uh, last week, um, two of the suspects have a little sister she's been involved in young life for five years and then one of the other suspects has a little brother who just started getting involved last year and so we're um trying to walk with them in that and you know it's it's wonderful to be in that position it's also heartbreaking um and even some of the guys that jake and i know uh you know you might have read in the newspaper um, put another kid in the hospital and they're going to mm -hmm. go away for a long time and those are two guys i'm very close with so there's uh um it's really wonderful to be a part of it and really tragic sometimes. Yeah. You, many of you saw last week the video of Andrew. Andrew's right over here. Shaved off the mohawk. I see. Yeah. So it's, uh, but you saw the video last week of just Andrew's testimony, faith in Christ and living uh, as the Lord leads him. And Rob's been a significant influence in that journey as well. So good, good, awesome. Passed on. Krista? Talk to us about what you do. Sure. Well, in the spring of 2005, a group of adults uh, started a homework club in my backyard. 
And I live in Old Town Goleta, so every Thursday during the school year, there are about 19 adults involved this year and about 40 kids who have permission to come, but it, it varies every week. We meet, basically, to put it simply, we do homework and share lives together in my backyard. <laughs> and um, as Rob would attest, when you have children involved, every week is a new adventure. But um, we have a lot of fun. And what has happened is we started with a group for fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. And over time, with the philosophy of looping and continuing on with the kids, we've added a second group. So our first group meets every Thursday from 3.45 to 5. And do snack. we have a snack, and we play some games, and then we do homework. And then our second group is from 5 to 6.15. And in that time, we hang out, basically, because that's what junior hires and high schoolers want to do. Mm -hmm. And we eat some pizza, and then we do homework. And so that's, that's what we call homework club, Goleta Homework Club. And what has happened naturally over time is as we have developed relationships with the families and cared for some of their tangible needs, naturally the next step is to care for them spiritually. So what has happened is we have tried, well, we tried for three or four summers to have um, a camp in my backyard called Kids Club Day Camp. We had that, and it has grown. So this past summer, we actually joined on with your church, and we brought our kids to Vacation Bible School here. And that was really fun and really a, a natural next step for families in um, making them feel more comfortable with a church body. So um, all that to say, Vacation Bible School has led to some of our students being interested also in coming to youth group. Mm. So some students have been coming each Sunday night uh, to join on with Jake and the group of students here. So Glida Homework Club, we're sort of twofold. We... We want to meet tangible needs, but we also want to honor and glorify Christ in doing that, and then through those relationships, be able to share with those families about the great love that we have and the truth that we have in knowing God. Mm. Krista, could you just maybe, you don't have to mention any names, but could you maybe just talk about a kid, uh, just someone that maybe has been coming for a while, or um, I'm kind of springing this one on you, but is there, yeah. is there just a... Just maybe something that you've, you've watched over, you know, a series of, a period of years, just how, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like, you know, when they came to VBS and gave their heart to Christ, but yeah. just, just a progression of how you're touching a life. Sure. I can think of two. I can think of a, a recent heartbreaking situation and then one that's a little more positive, kind of as Rob was sharing. Um, as you walk with students over time, and that's our hope, is to see them from fourth grade all the way through high school graduation and on, lifelong relationships. Um, one student just this last week, her dad died. He struggled with alcohol and um, just is a student that we've lost touch with. Um, and she had been someone that had come for many years. And the last year or two, we've lost touch with her. And so um, that's a student that we will still love and care for through prayer and trying to reach out to the family. Um, another situation I can think of, uh, I'll leave names out, but this family... This student's been coming since fourth grade, and she's maybe number, our number one fan, her mom. Mm -hmm. um, and we continue to have that student come, and she's a, an eighth grader now. She comes every week diligently and loves it and was also one of our volunteers for Vacation Bible School. Mm. So I don't know if that's kind of what it's you're great. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Thanks, Krista. Betsy, talk to us about what you do at, life, at 
Life Network, Network Medical. That's very confusing. So let me, let me just start by saying uh, the way we, we are still incorporated is Life Network, and, and we have a donor site called Friends of Life Network. So to all of our donors and supporters, we are still Life Network. And you can think of it this way. Our medical clinic is Network Medical. And Focus on the Family um, advised that perhaps if we're trying to help women that are really con seriously considering terminating the life of their child, that, that the word life might deter them from seeking our help so that we might consider dropping that. So that's Good. how Network Medical came about. So that might clear things up. Uh, Friends of Life Network and our clinic is Network Medical. Thanks. And so our mission is to erase the need for abortion by transforming a woman's fear into confidence so she can make an informed decision. Abortion is so often a fear-driven decision. And as I study fear and what it's about, um, there's, there's one man in history that is quoted as saying, fear is the weapon most readily, which most readily conquers, oh, I'm, I, let's wait, back up. <laughs> fear is the weapon um, which conquers reason. Hmm. Fear is the weapon which conquers reason. And, and that was said by Adolf Hitler. Hmm. And so when you think of that, and, and you think of why would anyone ever do that? It's, it's just so fear-driven. So we are here to erase the need for abortion. And, and, and so that requires, and I hear um, all of the things that you're doing is about creating relationships. And, and that is what Network Medical strives to do, is in the short time we have with these women, is to um, let them know that we are there for them. And, and we do try and establish relationships with them um, and, and give them the information that they need to, to see the truth. And as we talked a little bit this week, it seems like maybe with the name change, but also with the medical, with the clinic aspect of things, you are seeing more and more gals who are yes. seriously considering terminating their pregnancy. And how has that maybe impacted, you know, what you're doing and, and just how you're carrying out business? Well, it's, it, it is changing how we, how we do things, and we are seeing what we refer to these women as abortion-minded women. And, and because we now have medical services, we have valuable information for a woman that is considering abortion. So many people say, well, do you trick them to get them in there? And it's like, well, no, no. They know right away we don't perform or refer for abortion. But the information we do have for them is we can tell them if they actually have a viable pregnancy. Ultrasound is the earliest way to confirm a viable pregnancy. We can tell them how far along they are. That determines the type and cost of an abortion that they would be eligible for. And we also help them learn if they have an STD. We, we test and treat for the most common STDs because abortions are invasive and this could really um, compromise their reproductive system future pregnancies. And so because we have this information that can help them in their decision making, um, they, they think, oh, okay, well, I can come in. So we are seeing more and more uh, abortion-minded women. But what we've learned through that 
is that hearts are really getting hard, even with ultrasounds, even with women uh, that that see what's inside. Um, and and so we do cover your prayers uh, for these hardened hearts. Um, but the exciting thing is we do get to present the gospel uh, to every single patient. We do ask permission, but most of them say uh, yes, and we have presented the gospel to 39 so far since January, and 24 girls have accepted Christ mm, uh, right amen. there. One more tag on to that. Um, obviously, Life Network, tremendous advocates, and you personally for the unborn, but talk a little bit about just your, your ministry to the, the, the women and, and also to women who have already undergone an abortion and how Life Network is able to not just kind of, as we talked, I just thought right. able to kind of, you're not just kind of looking through the mom to get to the baby, but, but really caring for this whole Absolutely. person here. Uh, we definitely are there to be advocates for the unborn who don't have a voice. However, we see the women as the real exploited and the real victims in, in what they have been uh, deceived in thinking is, is a choice. And, and yes, abortion is legal. But there have been things in our history, as we remember, that were very legal. Slavery was very legal. And, and now it's unthinkable. And that is our prayer, that abortion would become unthinkable. But it is legal, and so women do feel like this is their choice. And it's, it's a, um, a tremendous, uh, I, I heard in your Sunday school a little bit about guilt this morning and, and a shame thing that happens to a woman. And so we want to love all women, not only the women that are considering abortion, but women that have made that choice because probably half the women in here, close to half, have either had an abortion or know someone that has had an abortion. Um, the statistics are that 43% of all American women will have or have already had an abortion in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. So there is no condemnation in Christ. Amen. And Satan wants to come to destroy us. And so he says, oh, yes, 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 this is a choice. And you go, oh, yes, oh, my God, I'm so afraid, and this is, I can't have, oh, and you do it. And then he goes, oh. And he just crushes you with guilt and shame. And, and so we are there. We have an abortion healing support group. It's called um, Forgiven and Set Free. And I just encourage any of you that have experienced abortion or know someone that, that does, usually it's 20 to 30 to 40 years after the fact, that, that um, you're ready to seek that, that deep healing. And um, so we do offer post-abortion support as well. Cool. Thanks, Patsy. Pass it back down here, Rob. Uh, start the loop again and just take it inside a little bit. And tell us why, why you do what you do. Uh, there's a couple reasons. One, I was a Young Life kid, and uh, I was that kid that didn't want to have anything to do with um, church, faith, and my young life leader came alongside when I was a uh, freshman and, and uh, got to know me and cared about me. First um, Thessalonians 2.8 says, uh, we loved you so much we were delighted not only to share the gospel but our very lives as well. And that's just something that people have lived out with me <clears throat> that were part of young life. 
and I just uh, that that's the the big reason and, and three different people in my life in high school and college and then right after college uh, all associated with young life <clears throat> all did that uh, the second is is if you start to look at the Gospels and look at Jesus' life, I mean, you can just go, the woman at the well, Zacchaeus, the, the crazy guy that was cutting himself. Jesus, it's almost as if the only reason he went to the places he went was for those people, where they were. Uh, and you start to read the Gospels in that light, and, and uh, it just makes a lot of sense that we would go to where kids are. And when they're making big decisions, about who they're going to be and what they're going to live their life for and give their life to. Um, and uh, the third reason would be you just don't see very many people doing it. You are blessed to have Jake again because he. Uh, if you ever wonder or question, why is he spending so much time at the high school coaching football, please don't. Uh, you know, <clears throat> Andrew's sitting here, an atheist, uh, because of Coach Duckworth. Mm. And uh, there's so many lives that he will impact and uh, we'll, a seed will be planted, and later on they'll be a part of your church or another church because Jake went to where they are. So um, be encouraged in that. Mm. Amen. I met two guys in full-time ministry in the last month who just casual conversation came up. I was a young life kid, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun to listen to the vibrancy of their testimony of coming to Christ through just what you've been talking about. Cool. Krista, why do you do what you do? Well, in Luke, actually, I'm going to have Rob hold it. In Luke 12:48, or the end of it, it says, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. And so, why not? We have a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I have this house in Old Town Glida with a huge backyard. Why not have these kids over? We have these adults who have extra time to give. And the resources and the benefit of their education, let's use all those things to help impact kids and serve tangible needs. And then from that, our other prayer and why we do it is in Isaiah 60 and 61. I won't read all of it, but we, it talks a lot about comforting those who mourn and bringing joy to those who grieve. And no matter where you are in life, you know, whether you live in Montecito or in Old Town Goleta, Everyone grieves and mourns and needs hope. So the flip side of what we're doing is also to bring this hope and, and joy to people. And it also talks about, in those same chapters, Isaiah 16, 61, about um, that God plants a shoot, and from that shoot um, grows many nations. And it talks about uh, oaks of righteousness and that they are the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Mm -hmm. And that's our prayer and our hope is that is beautiful image of these little shoots that are being planted. Mm -hmm. And then over time, those shoots grow into these oaks of righteousness with these roots that spread out and impact communities and their lives, which, you know, we hope, we're praying now in these, this small, you know, with these 40 kids or 10 kids, no matter what the number is for the week, that that will impact generations to come. So that's why we do what we do. I've been curious, what, what came first, moving into Old Town Goleta and then the Goleta Homework Club or vision for the Goleta Homework Club, and so I'm going to move into Old Town Goleta. A vision first. I started reading, um, John, if you're familiar with John Perkins, who's had the similar kind of vision where he moves into a community, buys a house or rents a house, and through prayer and involvement with adults starts to hopefully change that community. And so I started reading about John Perkins and watching other people doing the same thing. 
And so I got the idea, and then one thing fell into place to get this home, and yeah. There Here we are. are, seven years later. So anyone can do this. You could do this. Mm. <laughs> and let's be clear about one more thing about Krista. She is an, an amazing school teacher. She's good at what she does in the classroom. I mean, I, I would go to those parent conferences, and I'd be like, what? You're thinking about that and all this stuff? And oh, my goodness. And I, I got a chance just to come into her class from time to time, and read with some kids or just kind of hang out and just watch the way that she uh, leads that classroom educationally but also relationally and uh, it's such a beautiful marriage between ministry and that connection in the classroom so great thank you thank you Betsy why why do you do it okay I'll try and it's really hard to not talk for an hour <laughs> I'm gonna try um, Because life is so foundational, ladies and gentlemen. God says that in, in Genesis that we're created in his image. In David, he says, we are wonderfully and fearfully made. In Jeremiah, he says, I knew you before you were in the womb. And he says in Psalm 127, the children are our reward and our inheritance. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. <laughs> Life is just so precious. It's such a gift. That's why, that's why it's so important to do what we do. We're the only faith-based medical clinic in, in Santa Barbara County. He also says in Psalm 8, verse 2, that the lips of infants and children were ordained for praise mm -hmm. because of the enemy to silence the foe and the avenger. Did you guys get that? Let me say mm. that again. The lips of infants are ordained for praise to s because of the enemy. Something in children and infants, infants, it says, King James, sucklings, silence the enemy. So doesn't it make sense now why, why the enemy is saying, oh, it's not a child, it's a choice. What a counterfeit. What a counterfeit. And so that's why we feel it's so important to be on the front lines, to be there for the women who are deceived, who are being exploited, Abortion is a billion-dollar industry. Please hear me. It's not about a woman's right. It's not about an unwanted child. There is no unwanted children. For every child placed for adoption, there are 40 couples waiting. If they really cared about a woman, if they really cared that it was her body and her choice, then they would say, that's the last thing you want to do. The most intimate bond is between a woman and her child. In, 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 in Luke 1, the angel says to Mary, you're going to be with child. And then when she came to visit, Mary came to visit Elizabeth, she was, she was only six months pregnant. And her child leapt for joy in the womb. Left for joy. 
And yet we abort all the way through nine months. So that's why we do what we do. Really quick, Betsy, how did you first get into it? Do you remember? And can you remember that moment? Or God answered a prayer. I really prayed. I was working at a medical supply corporation, and I was in management, and I was putting in hours and hours and hours and hours of work. And I, you know, when you talk to God, and you just, and you feel so blessed, but there's always a but. So I'm, I'm driving home, and I'm really tired, and I say, oh, thank you, Father, for this amazing job, this amazing opportunity, but all these hours, if I could only wake up in the morning and do something that has more meaning, it, I, I, I want to work for you, God. And my, my son was in college, and, and, and I... I couldn't really break out into the mission field and ask my supporters, oh, and I have a college payment. You know? <laughs> so I, didn't, I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm asking for, but I know you do. And this is really cool. You know God has a sense of humor, right? Nine months <laughs> from the day I prayed that prayer, I got this position. Awesome. We're glad you did. We're glad you did. Rob, talk to us about how just as the church, as people, we can support you and come around you practically, you name it. Uh, I would say uh, you pray for those, those kids, um, Joanna and Nick, who are, uh, Joanna just went to see a counselor on Friday, which is huge, a Christian counselor, which we're very excited about. Um, her dad's also in prison, and has been in prison for a long time. Um, uh, so if you just pray for Joanna and Nick, that would be huge. Uh, you could also uh, pray for us at VP. We, uh, that's the one school, high school, where we just don't really have a great uh, inroad right now for lots of reason. Um, and I, I think for, if there's any part of you, some, somehow we've got in our culture the mind that you kind of work with kids when you're in your 20s, um, and then you kind of retire from that and you move on to other things. If there's any part of you that says, I love kids. I love lost kids. You don't need to get involved with Young Life. Get involved with Jake. He's doing it. Um, maybe you invite him and some of his football players over for dinner, and, and the Lord just puts one of those kids on your heart. Maybe you have a job, uh, a business where you could hire a high school student. Maybe you have a boat. Maybe you have something. Um, because he's, I, I got to tell you this, we, we start at the same time. Jake got me. My job is freshman football study hall coordinator, which means I babysit for three hours a week, <laughs> freshman football players. So we start at the same time, and we know every football player at San Marcos, and that's 150 uh, guys. And it's overwhelming. There's not enough people involved with those kids, and I don't know, a handful are involved with any kind of church. So if you have any inkling of that, get involved with him. Um, and uh, give your life away. Mm. Awesome. Uh, what, you do have clubs on Monday nights. Correct. And I remember one thing I got, if anybody would like to ever bring a meal or something to your, to your staff, yeah. um, or have, them, have your staff over for dinner before that Monday night, that, that's a tangible way somebody who likes to cook could help you out. Yes. Yeah, we try to uh, meet as our team before 
club, have dinner, pray, and then we go pick up kids, and, and uh, we, we do that about 5.30, um, and we meet downtown, um, so that would be a, a huge help if you like to cook, especially if you like anything besides pizza, because we've been doing a lot of that lately. <laughs> Your banquet is on November 4th? November 4th. And if, so they have a Young Life Banquet annually, and if you would like to hear just the whole thing and hear kids talk about what Young Life is and how you can continue to partner financially and prayerfully, then talk to Rob even today or to me about getting you hooked up for that banquet. Love that. No, how many? Uh, no, no, it's just for the leaders, and it's 15 to 20. Okay. Good. Krista, how can we support you? We love prayer for... Lots of things, but to put it simply, um, for safety and protection each week when we have these group of kids over in my backyard, praise God that no one has ever been hurt, Um, but that's just a real tangible way that you can be praying. Pray for a deepening of relationships between the mentors and the students that are partnered with them as they continue to love on on the student and their family over time. We just pray that those grow to this deep level where... um, they can open and oh, share openly and um, be involved in one another's lives. Mm. And the same scripture from Isaiah 61, just the prayer for oaks of righteousness to be planted in Old Town mm. Goleta. And that's a long-term prayer. Amen. It's going to happen over many, many years, but mm. we'd love prayer for that as well. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Krista. Betsy, how can we come alongside you? Okay, you guys need index cards because there's a lot of prayer requests. (laughs) So go home, find a little sticky note or a card, and put down, you know, the Young Life and Old Town Goleta. I know. And uh, pray for Network Medical. Um, Pray. I really covet your prayers every day that abortion would end in America. We could really change Well, prayer changes everything. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Some reason, he's mindful of us, and he he wants us to pray. And so we do cover your prayers, that you would pray. When you remember that the orphans that come through our door, guys, they're on death row. They're on death row. There's a death camp in this town. Hundreds of children die violently. So if you could remember to pray for those women this morning, Lord, if you would reveal the truth to them, have them run into somebody that will talk to them, that they can trust in, that will support them. Help that woman today that's deciding to make that abortion appointment Mm -hmm. or to have that abortion. You can pray that each day. Mm. And then collectively. We also need volunteers uh, we actually do a six-week training for to be in the counseling room with the girls. Uh, we have we need helpliners, we call them, that actually take the calls, uh, and, and there's training for that. That's the most important part of the whole thing, So because dependent on that, if they're going to actually show up or not. We, we need financial support. If everyone in our mailing list just signed up for $10 a month, we'd be good. But we're not good right now. So financial help really uh, as well. So that's good, how. Good. Um, Thursday nights, Betsy does a vision tour uh, by appointment. And so if, if you're growth group or youth group or 
a few families would like to get together and just come. You're greeted as if you were a woman coming for assistance. And yes, and we take you through our, our 15 step patient flow process as a pregnant client so you know firsthand how we help women initially. So you can talk to Betsy about that as well. We or about encourage me. you to uh, again, the scripture tells us to honor people like them. And so I've invited Kyla and Deborah and Jake to come, if you guys would. And I just want to, uh, I, I just, these, these folks know these folks. And so I wanted them just to say a few words about, uh, about the work they're doing. Jake. Rob might not know it, but I watch him quite a bit. And when I do, I recognize so many admirable traits that he possesses. Most honorable is that Rob's heart beats to bring teenagers into a relationship with the living God. I'm often amazed at the way that he is able to start up a relationship with a kid seemingly out of nothing. But before too long, that teen knows that Rob genuinely cares about them and is rooting for them. I'm so impressed with the way that he tirelessly throws himself into the high school arena, into the intensely intimidating world of teenagers to build relationships. It takes guts, a lot of guts, and great skill. I've seen Rob and Kim, his wife, open their home to 25 or so 14 or 15-year-old boys. There is no question that they must be aware of the toll that it could potentially have on their home. <laughs> but that danger isn't enough to keep them from doing it. Rob's ministry is not only to teenagers, but also to several young adult leaders that partner with him to reach teens for Christ. He's a mentor to each of them and as, as, as they seek to fulfill God's call on their individual lives while also uniting them as teammates in a single unit with a specific purpose. Young Life's a nonprofit ministry that's supported entirely by giving, and as you might expect, uh, raising, money, the, raising the money necessary to keep Young Life has not been easy in the last couple of years, but Rob is creative. And although the fundraising isn't the most exciting part of his ministry, he knows that it would be far more costly not to scrap and fight to make sure that this generation of young people has the chance to hear about a God that loves them more than they can imagine. Some of Rob's, Rob's best work is done with underprivileged kids. He finds ways to get them to camp or other events when there's no money. I've seen him pull strings and work angles with teachers, coaches, and administrators to get kids a second chance. For kids that no one else is thinking twice about, Rob is often making a second effort. On Monday, I went to the Young Life meeting downtown on State Street. I was mostly a wallflower, just watching. A hundred kids seemed like a thousand, each with a full tank of energy. And there's Rob and his leaders matching that energy, stride for stride, mingling to make sure that no teen is left out. At one point, Rob somehow found the additional energy to dance like a maniac, <laughs> to make ping pong balls come out of a tissue box strapped to his backside. <laughs> and all of this to make sure that teenagers in Santa Barbara and Goleta have a safe place to explore faith. All this energy 
to make sure that there is at least one place in town where kids can go to be in a positive environment and to hear the life-changing message that the creator of the universe loves them. Rob, thanks for what you do. We are inspired by your efforts to spread the gospel, and we thank God for your service to the kingdom. And may God be with you and guide you as you continue to do the work of Christ. Um, as some of you have heard along the way, but our first, our family first met Miss Beard four and a half years ago when Katie was in kindergarten, and during the spring open house, we toured the upper grade class, the next grade class, and so we got to meet Miss Beard, um, and little did we know that for the next three years, the Kinsler family would be greatly intertwined, and what the Lord was directing that. Um, both James and I being in her classroom weekly and field trips throughout the year, what we witnessed was a public school teacher shining her light brightly and taking a genuine interest in the kids and her students. She used her God-given talents, her expertise, and her education to assess and teach and target learning for each student, no matter where they fall in the learning continuum. I was amazed when I came into her classroom each Wednesday morning, and she had a list for me to do to work with which specific students and which specific targeted needs. Um, and as we got to know her more and we learned about that she purposefully placed herself in this population of students um, and just really her incarnational ministry in the neighborhood reminded me of John 1.14 in the message where it said, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And she's taking the very essence of what Christ has done for her and her life and is taking it into her neighborhood. Hmm. And many times at the end of the school day, I see her checking in with students and their families, speaking both in English and Spanish, as she humbly encourages them to look, encourages them and looks out for their needs above her own at the end of a tiresome day. <laughs> During the school year, as you heard, she pours herself out for the students in the homework club. And at the end of the school year, when most teachers are looking forward to an extended summer break, what did she do? But she threw her own backyard Bible club and threw herself into another passion. And so her passion for the gospel, her love for the students and the families, and her servant's heart gave her the strength and the courage and the endurance. And so I'm thankful for out of that relationship over the three years and then her backyard Bible club for the three years that our deep sea adventure this summer was amazing. Um, not only was it our largest attendance because she brought in a whole group of 24 kids, but our goal to reach unreached kids with the gospel was truly an answer to prayer. And I still re vividly remember the night that I sat right here on these steps and used the Evangicube and presented the gospel mes message to each and every student that night. Um, so now, because of Miss Beard, the students at El Camino they know exactly what I believe, too. And mm -hmm. so I thank you for that opportunity. Um, lastly, Ms. Beard just has an amazing passion, not only for her students to grow in knowledge of learning, but also the knowledge of Jesus Christ. She has allowed God to work in and through her in both small and mighty ways. I thank God for her, his call on her life, and her obedience to that call. Amen. And you can...
can tell we're trained pretty well to call her Miss Beard. That's Krista. <laughs> Deborah, share with us, Deborah. This is not as easy as you guys may think, and James was kind enough to suggest that we read this because, well, now you know why. As the news spread through Life Network, that a tribute would be made to Betsy Gray on Sunday. Letters from her son, her daughter, and coworkers began to appear, each claiming to have a partnership in Christ with her, each claiming her as their example of being the hands, the feet, and the heart of Christ. As a single mom, her daughter stated that she never complained, never gave up, never lost hope, always allowing God and his word to define her. Her son claims that he may not have been the easiest kid to raise, hmm. yet he grew up witnessing her feverish pursuit of Jesus Christ. Her single-mindedness as a fierce campaigner for the right to life and her relationship with the giver of life. Hmm. Her partners at Life Network believe her to be a mother, a grandmother, and a friend with a modern-day perseverance of Job. God knew the person he would need to overcome the obstacles of being a champion for the innocent. He came to give life and to give it abundantly. Betsy, we welcome you here today. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, with great joy, we honor you because you honor God. If the mind of Christ includes compassion, justice, self-sacrifice, thinking others better than yourself, then we honor you as that example of Christ. If Paul were here today, I believe he would say to this church in Santa Barbara, we have no one else like her, no one else who takes such genuine interest in the welfare of unborn children and the mothers of these children. She has served with us in the work of the gospel. It is our hope, Betsy, to continue to partner with you, Life Network, and Network Medical for many years to come. And may God bless you. So the uh, simple truth is not all of us can dance around like a maniac and do things with ping pong balls that Rob can. Um, not all of us can move into Old Town Goleta and uh, host a homework club in your backyard. Not all of us can uh, fight tirelessly um, alongside and, and minister to women in the way uh, that Betsy does. Not all of us can do those things. But as God has so ordained it, these three can do those things. And so it's our, uh, it's our joy to emulate them in their, in their example of faith. To, as they have said, there are things we can do. We're not saying, okay, good luck. Hope it works out for you. We're, uh, we're learning from them about what it looks like in our own lives to put into play and into practice some of these very principles that we've heard about this morning. Um, but we're also honoring them. And uh, so I hope that you've sensed that a little bit today, because we really do. Um, so we just have a little gift for each of you. And um, part of it's a, a, a grant for your ministry, and it's far less than we would have hoped it to be, um, and far less than we hope it will continue to be. Um, but it's $400, and uh, we hope that'll help a little bit. And uh, 
then there's just a little note. And we, we gave each of you $100 because we want you to do something nice for yourself. So there's Betsy. Lord Jesus, it all goes to your glory Amen. and to your honor. And uh, as we honor these, uh, we, we honor you. And as we learn from them and as we continue together to look to the interests of others, we recognize that in, sowing, in do, doing so, we're looking to the interests of Jesus Christ. And that's the kind of people that we all desire to be. And so we, we do pray even now for Life Network and for the Galita Homework Club and for Young Life and for these leaders and their amazing teams and staff that work with them. We pray your blessings upon them. And we recognize that they're really representative of so many other people and amazing ministries that you are using in our community around our world today. And we want to be a church, God, who who uh, celebrates partnership and learns how better and better to support and encourage and pray and, and partner uh, in the work that you are doing in the world. And so, God, again, we praise you and we glorify you today. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're going to sing a song. And let's uh, do so as we close in worship. And then I know you'll want to all take a moment to greet these three after the service. Come on down, you guys. Bless you.